Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. This is be our spooky episode a little bit, coming up on Halloween week. This is uh, going to be Rob fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2014. You're such a cheese dick. <laughs> this, this is Roy fighting Texas Aggie Class 2015. Ah. And we got to get into... Uh, well, we got to get in the Arkansas game. Um, we got to get into... I guess we can talk about the games from last weekend. Honestly, yep. I, I care about the Big Ten about two ticks more than I care about the Big 12. Sure. Um, I still think Notre Dame's overrated. Well, sure. And I'm sure we'll get plenty of time to talk all about all that fun stuff. So let's go ahead and jump into that. Just kind of our uh, previous results. Let me go ahead and get those going. But how was your week? It was good, man. Stress-free week. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, I went, went down and got a boat. Um, right. Yeah, so I've got a boat sitting in the driveway now. Um, just kind of getting ready. It's it's kind of we're right we're teetering on the brink of the whole kind of holiday season, you know, because once you get past Halloween, you know, everything starts coming fast. Right, and I'm definitely with you on that. I, I was literally uh, looking at uh, I was doing some shopping earlier, uh, and I sent a text to my sisters about my uh, my nieces and my nephew because I'm already trying to think, trying to trying to lean forward a little bit and do a little Christmas shopping. So, as opposed to, like, taking the financial dump, you know, all at once, three days before Christmas. Right. So, I was just kind of farting around today and, you know, obviously getting work done uh, for my job. But at lunch, I was looking around on Amazon doing some Christmas shopping. So, that's kind of where my brain, you know, it gets cold. I start thinking about Christmas. Sure. Yeah. It's certainly a little cold front this week for those of you who are in Texas. I'm sure y'all are feeling it just like we are. Yeah, it just blew through town today. Mm-hmm. So, it's nice, nice and cold. It's wet outside. It's just kind of that. It's just kind of yuck. Yeah, kind of want to stay in weather for sure. So, uh, speaking of staying in, let's go ahead and take a look at some uh, football scores from this past week. Um, some results that we pretty much knew were going to happen. I mean, you had Wisconsin take down Illinois 45-7. Big deal on that one. Uh, I don't think anything was really – like the Penn State-Indiana game was obviously surprising because you don't expect Penn State to lose. There's nothing surprising about Ohio State. I wasn't surprised that Michigan went and won. I may be surprised that they won by how much they did. Right. I did want to. I did want to talk about the Indiana Penn State game. That last two point conversion in overtime. Did you see that? Oh yeah. I mean, who hasn't seen it at this point? <laughs> It'd be pretty pretty um, wild. I mean, would you say in or out? Did you think he made it? Uh, yeah. You know, honestly, it's it's just too close to call. They called it in on the field, so I, I think relative to how the rules work out, I don't think you can overturn it given what you saw. Right. Uh, man, it's close. Uh, I mean, I haven't, like, studied it in depth because, again, I really don't care about the sure. Big Ten. And I'm thrilled that it's in because I can't stand Penn State, so it works yeah. out well. Right. I mean, it, whatever had gotten called on the field was going to stand, right. basically, with, with that review. It was um, a ton of effort. I mean, it, it was a great play. It uh, was a great play. But, again, you know, that, that goes that's one of those things where, you know, when you have fans complaining about it, like, I mean, you had an entire game for it not to come down to that. And I understand, and I understand that, you know, it – if you think it was bad officiating, I understand that, you know, you're going to be upset about that. But, you know, we all get, you know, we all get ticked off, you know, about one specific call in a game sometimes. You know, like the horse collar game with Johnny. Um, sure. You know, LSU jumping off sides. But, you know, those two things, I mean, even the horse collar, you can't say that it necessarily um, cost us the game because we had other opportunities we didn't take advantage of. You're right. So, so like Penn State, so Penn State being on the like on the end of what is perceived bad uh, officiating, that that that's just fine in my book. Sure. <laughs> well, and and there were some uh, games. I'll go ahead and just highlight. Yeah, you know, we can just do a quick little run through them. But you know, games that we kind of figured were going to happen happened. You had uh, Clemson roll Syracuse. Uh, you had North well, Carolina take Well, it, it took them a while to roll. I'm always I'm always surprised. Right. Syracuse is like the thorn in their side. And it's not that Syracuse comes out and upsets them necessarily, but for some reason Syracuse, which just really doesn't have that great of a football program when it comes down to it, outside right. of the Donovan McNabb years, um, right? They they give Clemson trouble. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, you had that. You had uh, North Carolina took care of business against NC State. One of the games I just could never care anything about. Right. Uh, you had. Uh, let's see what else we had. Oh, upset that we were both kind of on the teetering of happening, and it did happen. Wake Forest took down Virginia Tech. Yeah, that was surprising. Um, but I think it just kind of goes to show you that the ACC is just like the SEC. There are tiers. Sure. And when you get into the kind of the middle of the pack to lower, uh, anywhere from mid to low, um, 
you know, these teams are capable of going out and playing and, and, and beating each other. You right. Know? So it's, you know, you saw it with Wake Forest. I, I, was, I was surprised when I saw the score. I didn't see a, a second of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, that's kind of how I am with Big Ten and ACC and Big 12. For the most part, I'm just catching the scores on the back end. I mean, I watched some football this weekend, but sure. not a ton. It was just a really relaxing weekend. Yeah, same here. I mean, I, I caught a lot of games early, uh, but you know, uh, another game that I thought was uh, rather interesting at how lopsided it ended up being was Cincinnati SMU. They won forty two thirteen. Yeah, you thought that would be like one of those fifty something to fifty something games. Cincinnati's um, D came to play. But yeah, yeah, Cincinnati kind of bottled them up. I didn't see any of the stat lines, so I don't know if SMU's kind of shot themselves in the foot or what. But yeah, that, it was funny. I saw it on Twitter. Um, some guys like. I think it was Sunday morning. He goes, let, let me see if I can pick the team that's going to jump A&M in the polls for no, for no reason. And, yeah. and Cincinnati was it. And he called it, too. It was pretty yeah. good. I thought what was really interesting about that game, just looking at the stats, uh, Shane Bichelle, I mean, he actually outpassed um, Cincinnati's guy, Ritter. Uh, he outpassed him 216 to 126 with a touchdown and a pick. Uh, the difference, well, yeah, but how about the, what about the rushing yards? I was about to say, that was the difference. The rushing attack was what did it for them. Their top rusher had 179 yards with three touchdowns. I mean, the only time you throw for 120 yards is, is if you're successfully pounding it on the ground. Which was also the quarterback, by the way. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, they took care of business uh, there. You know, Minnesota lost to Michigan. I, you know, I saw that coming. You know, that's yeah. the thing about Harbaugh is – he, I know he frustrates Michigan fans, and his quirkiness and attitude don't help. Like you can't be a jerk when you're not winning, right? Um, but um, yeah, and he can't beat Ohio State. We know that. But and, and again, this was Week One for the Big Ten. So you look at it, and you go, "Man, is Michigan State really that bad?" Right, losing to Rutgers. But 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 I mean, I don't know. You just you just don't know. It's that first week, weird stuff. And and I'll, I'll kind of come back. I'll circle back to that at some point, talking about. Um, Arkansas as well. I kind of throw the first week out when looking at stats. Always. Um, but at the same time, you know, your stats might be weird, but you still need to win that game. Sure. So, I, man, maybe Rutgers just had a fire alert on their ass. Now, all of a sudden, I mean, next week you've got Michigan, Michigan State, right? Yeah. And you feel like the Wolverines are just going to absolutely curb stomp them. But you never know. Yeah. But, I mean, if and, and that's the problem with, with trying to rank these teams where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the same thing every year. You get a preseason top 25, and there's right. always at least five teams that had no business being in the rankings. Exactly. And, and I don't know if Minnesota is one of those teams or if they're not. You know, I like P.J. Fleck, but, you know, if he doesn't have the talent, he doesn't have the talent. And I do want to touch on some uh, SEC games. I mean, you know, Miami ended up beating Virginia by less, um, less than what they probably should have, but – it yeah. was all right. Um, so going into the SEC play uh, for this past, My, you know, week, Miami's a weird team. Right. I was really high on Miami, right? Um, and and uh, and it's it's like they've fallen back into that middle pack thing. You know, you know, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, Miami. It's like it just the ACC has zero competition for Clemson. Right. None. So yeah, we pretty much pretty much set on the ACC at this point. Um, looking at uh, SEC ball, so you did have Auburn, Ole Miss, and once again, Auburn seemingly getting away getting with the some stuff the, at the end. Yeah, yeah, it's you know what's funny. I heard this might have been might have been on Tex Ag, to be honest. Um, you know, it's weird. Like <clears throat> you know, the same thing happened the year Auburn won the national championship. You know, they got <clears throat> so many so many lucky breaks, but at the same time, you know, they were really creating that luck that year. You know, sure. that wasn't just full blown. Insanity. Right. This year, it just seems like the officiating is keeping them afloat, keeping them afloat, and nothing else. It's like a nice uh, little twelfth man nod there for I, Auburn. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I don't think Auburn's that good. I don't think they are either, and um, you know I think they will get exposed eventually once they start playing some other teams it's, in the conference. But if, if they keep getting lucky, and we'll call it luck for now, because yeah. I, I think you like you would like to think there comes a point in time where. Officiating, you know, officials are too stupid to take bribes. Right. But so it's, you know, it's luck. It's right. nobody's paying off the rest. No. And there's a very real probability, honestly, outside of the Georgia game, they very easily could be one and four. On I know, absolutely. I, I, I don't think they're very good. That's not a game on this. And what's funny is they win, and then I was, uh, I watched a little bit of that game, and they showed, or maybe I was watching SEC Nation, uh, the kind of the wrap up at night. And they showed the FBI, uh, you know, percentage chance to win for Auburn the rest of the way. Now, all of a sudden, they're favored to beat us, which is just laughable. Right. It's the same crap as trying to pump up Arkansas as good. And I talked and about we'll this last week. And I'm going that. to dive in real deep and tell you exactly why you really shouldn't be concerned about this weekend. 
Right. And then if you don't believe me, I told you not to be concerned about going to Starkville. And to be honest, we, that score was a lot closer than that game really was. Right. You're absolutely right it was. So, you know, Auburn once again lucking out, it seems. So, we'll see where that one goes. Um, Alabama, the only, the only, against Tennessee, right? The only, the only story coming out of the Bama-Tennessee game, because you knew it was going to just be a throttle job, was, was Jalen Waddle. Yeah. <clears throat> but, but what's frightening is, you know, Alabama, of all teams – may have – obviously Waddle would be included in this, like the best wide receiving core in the nation. And that's a, that, that's frightening to think about. Right. So yeah, Because they also have Najee Harris. Exactly. You know? You know, Alabama just kind of rolled. And I'm sure they'll just bounce back from that. I, yeah, I have no idea if Tennessee's good or not. I really don't. But, I mean, Bama's got Michi on the outside as well. And, mm-hmm. and you know whatever they've got behind those guys are just surefire talent. I mean, right. maybe not a Waddle because a Waddle's I, – I don't want to say generational, but he's dang close. Right. Well, you have uh, Missouri at this point, who seems to have kind of found a little bit more of their stride at this. Point. Yeah, Missouri's been uh, been interesting to see, um, but at the same time, I think some of it comes back to how good actually is Kentucky. Right, because Kentucky's beaten teams, but the teams they beat maybe not necessarily that good. Yeah, so I think maybe Kentucky's getting exposed more so than Missouri finding their stride. So that's kind of, that's kind of where I stand on that. I mean, I might be wrong. A, but it's a weird. weird it's, it's, game. it's a weird season, but you know, we were dealing with. I, I think the preseason rankings this year were even more a little out of whack. Okay. Probably a little and, bit. And that's where you got to start with, you know, because you decide to come out with these rankings, so we're going to start with that. Because mm-hmm. poll, you know, you know, poll voters are scared to death to drop somebody like a rock or, you know, or raise somebody up real fast. So it's Right. <clears throat> I think another interesting game, I'll, I'll, I'll call it an interesting result, really. Uh, you felt like South Carolina might have been looking okay, and then LSU takes a you know takes a big beating yeah it was like LSU was uh, Jay Arnold said this on on Twitter and I was actually wasn't even paying attention to the game because I saw South Carolina was up I was like sweet and I popped on Twitter and he said I told you LSU was playing possum because South Carolina looked good and then all of a sudden I, it's like they flipped a switch LSU so I, I don't know and again I don't know what that means though because I've seen how bad LSU has looked um, and I've seen South Carolina it's like they're just trying desperately to turn the corner and they can't seem to do it it just it just week to week. It's just hard to tell with a lot of these teams, and yeah. it just I think that just kind of shows more more in line with twenty twenty and the lack of preseason preparation where they had a chance to really kind of find their feet to know who these teams are. Yeah, and you know, it's it's it almost like that. You know, yeah, South Carolina. Really, I thought they looked like they were turning a corner, and you're like, yeah, man, they're gonna they've got LSU up next. This should be great for them in the sense I think they can go pull off a win and. It's it's like all of a sudden it's just a, a lapse in discipline, and which turns into it just snowballs into getting just run out of the stadium. Right, and it's <clears throat> just absolutely wild. I don't get it. I don't think anybody else gets it. But you know, I think there's a a lot to be said on that. Now, I think going forward, kind of looking at this next week, you know, kind of some of the other teams and other games that are going on. And if Notre Dame isn't us, the most right. overrated number three team in the history of college football, I don't know who is. That's like the, <clears> they <throat> beat the hell out of Pitt, but at the same time, who knows really with that team? Yeah, well, Notre Dame, you know, in a year like this, Notre Dame's going to get the benefit of the doubt for being the Golden Dumbers and exactly. you know, the media's darling. So <clears> you look at next week, and I'm just going to touch on SEC, and I'm sure we'll touch on other games next week. But there's a pretty pretty good slate for SEC, so we'll just go ahead and jump in on them. But you have Georgia going to Kentucky, and I think that's you know 14. I think it'll be a bloodbath. I think it's a, yeah, it's 14 and a half to Georgia on the road, but I think Georgia takes care of business. Yeah, I think yeah, I don't think Georgia has a problem covering that at all. No, I do think this will be an interesting game, and I think this is going to be a possum game or potentially an exposing game, and that's uh, LSU at Auburn. Yeah, well, I mean, which which half of LSU do you get from last week? Do you get the first half where South Carolina looked like they were dominating them, or do you get the second half where LSU, you know, had shades of last year to them? You know, right. put up 50, what fifty four points only like that. Right. <coughs> does, so. does the horseshoe <coughs> fall out of Auburn's ass? I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. Or does this turn into one of those games where Gus Malzahn always seems to to find it for one game in the season? You know, when when the talks really get heavy about Gus, you know, being being in trouble. You know, as far as being on the hot seat, he always finds a way to get his team to win a game. So that uh, Auburn LSU should be a really good game, I think. Yeah, um, CBS two thirty. So. Because I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think Auburn is um, Auburn has shown that they're capable of putting themselves in the position for the rest to win the game for them. Right. So it's entirely possible. You know, if, they can, if they can just get to that point in the game, and the refs should take care of it. 
But uh, but LSU, you have to wonder, you know, is that just a blip on the radar? And are we going to see the LSU that we've seen the rest of the season? Which right. has been, to be honest, just well below average. Yeah, pretty subpar. <clears throat> um, so you have uh, kind of the, the the piss bowl of the year. Uh, you have Ole Miss going to Vanderbilt, and that's uh, – and funny thing is you have Ole Miss who's 1-4, Vandy 0-3, oh and, and Ole Miss is an 18-point favorite on the road. I think that's uh, – to be honest, though, I think that's fair because yeah. Ole Miss's record doesn't reflect – um, how their offense moves the ball. No. Um, yeah, their defense, I've, I've seen worse. Uh, you know, I guess I've seen worse defense, for, you know, here and there. They have spurts where they're trying to play defense. Right. And Vanderbilt's just looked like Vanderbilt. They, it's just been rough for them. It's just been rough sledding, and they haven't looked good. And, and <clears throat> I mean, we, and I mean, I, I know that our first game, 70, I get it. You know, it was close with Vandy, but that wasn't Vandy being good. It was us being really bad. I agree. So it's, Looking yeah. at the rest of our slate so yeah, far. Vandy yeah, Vandy is – I think Vandy's got a shot maybe to be better towards the end of the year slash next year because they've got a fresh – they've got a freshman under center. Right. Um, but, man, yeah, no, I just can't see Vandy. I don't know if Vandy's going to win a game this year. Yeah, very, very well if they not. Mississippi uh, State maybe? Mi- yeah, Mississippi if, State. If, they, if Vandy has a front three or four that can rush the quarterback, you've got a shot against Mississippi State. Yep. If you can rack up eight sacks, you're going to be okay. Right. Well, speak, <laughs> speaking of Mississippi State, now they get to go on the road to Alabama, and that's a 31-point favorite uh, Alabama. I, I don't think Alabama would literally have to play their starters at all to maybe even cover that. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. I just think the Pirates' I, ship's sinking again. I would not want to be the Mississippi State quarterback heading to Tuscaloosa knowing what my offensive line is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was it was bad I enough mean, when we played I them. mean, we beat the <laughs> hell out of them with a three- or four-man front at times, you know? No rush, and, we and, still got them. And don't get me wrong, like, we have a wildly talented defensive line. But so does Alabama. Alabama's <laughs> is better. All right? Like, just Alabama always had, controls the trenches. That, that game could get really ugly, like hurt quarterback kind of thing. Right. <laughs> like, it could be a rough day. And knowing Mississippi State's issues at the quarterback position. It'd be like Alabama is. bringing Mercer in, you know. Like, yeah. Speaking of that, Army beat Mercer. Yeah, Army yeah, beat Army is already – and they are the first team to accept a uh, a bowl bid. They're going, hey, they're, hey. Yeah, they're going the Independence Bowl. There you go. I might have to head out to Shreveport for that. Check that out. That would be awesome. Uh, and I guess the one more game before we really get into ours, that's Missouri going to Florida. Um, I think Florida's a 13-point favorite at home. But I think it that's, might be an interesting game. That That's big if you think Missouri is starting to find their stride. Right. Relative to how good Missouri can be, not find their stride being world beaters. But, sure. So it, I think a lot of that comes down to where you think Missouri is uh, you know, in their progression. But, I and should, assuming yeah. Florida can figure out how to – Corral themselves from getting COVID. So assuming this game even occurs, right? Um, I, I could I could see Florida covering that, um, uh, but it looks like Missouri's playing better. And you know when you have football operations shut down for a week, we've seen what that does to teams. Right. Um, I, I don't I don't know that Baylor's a better team than Texas, but I know uh, there was no way that Texas was going to lose that game when Baylor really hadn't played any football yet. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> so. You know, it, it does. It that really does retract from things. It takes away from conditioning. You know, the not just the physical reps, but the mental reps. Right. So uh, I think that game. Like, if I were betting that, I would probably bet Missouri to cover, just because what we've seen from teams that are coming back from like suspensions or, sure. or, or, or not suspensions, but uh, like medical stuff. Right. It, it take it takes a big toll because it's normally not just one guy either. You know. Right. So I, I think I think Missouri could cover there. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it would it would be the upset of the week in the SEC if Missouri could go to Florida and win right. because I don't think the other ones are have even like Alabama's going to win. There's it's just, it's not yeah no. there's it's not a remote chance of no. of really any other upsets. And the and the thing is in the SEC this week you just have a lot of ranked teams going against a lot of not ranked teams. There's no yeah. ranked matchups this week, you know. Yeah. So uh, and speaking of you know those type of games, we'll go ahead and get into ours. Uh, Texas yes. A&M. Uh, hosting Arkansas at Kyle Field. Thank goodness we're not having to go to Jerry World this year. Yeah. But, you know, we have a game at Kyle Field under the lights. Uh, it's going to be kicking off 630. Love not uh, good. SEC Network. So. Hey, man, 630 on Halloween. Yeah, you know? 630 on Halloween Wear your night. costumes. Yeah. Get so, weird. It, I mean, like I said, it's going to be weird. And if the national pundits are correct, which we don't think they are, it might be a weird game. But I think we have some evidence to the contrary, and I think that was something you wanted to talk about. Yeah, so I decided uh, I took an extended lunch break today, and <laughs> and I did uh, I decided to do a little research on Arkansas. All right. And so I'm going to start off before I even pull my, my papers out. 
I'm going to start uh, by saying this is the same thing as Mississippi State two weeks ago. Where all the Aggies are sitting around going, man, we never do well in Starkville. Oh, man, the yeah. Arkansas game is their Super Bowl every year. And we're, you know, we're coming off a of bye week, and we typically yeah, struggle yeah. off a of bye week. Yes, yeah, so, so we have all the reasons to say that we're just not going to do it. And we'll back up one more week. Man, these just aren't the games we win. So uh, you've heard me say this before, and I'm going to say it again. It's a different coach. You know, you know, number 14 coming to Kyle isn't the game we win. Well, we won it. All right, well, what about the impending letdown, the doom and gloom that is going to Stark Vegas? Well, we go to Mississippi State, and we win the game quite handily. I, we really did. Um I thought we were incredibly conservative with how we approached the game offensively. Well, we should have beat um, them by a lot more than we did. Right, but it being Mississippi State only scored one offensive touchdown. Excellent. So, um, you know, that game was – I don't think that I, – I don't think the game was ever – I just don't. I, I think this team is different mentally, um, uh, and, and that's such a huge part of it. And so now we have Arkansas, and everybody's like, man, Arkansas plays is so tough, and every year is so crazy. and. We'll get up a whole lot, and I'll still be freaking out because I know how Arkansas is coming back in the fourth quarter. I know everything I'm going to hear this week. I know. So, here's the deal. How about this? Let's try and be positive. Last time Arkansas was at Kyle Field. We beat them 58-10. to 10. Yes. Absolutely smoked them. I Just was in the rain. It was awesome. Absolutely <laughs> drubbed them. Yeah, I remember that. I remember I was soaked. Absolutely um, soaked. But uh, last time we went to Fayetteville and played, we absolutely smoked them. I was there. Right. So... When this game isn't in the weird time and space continuum vortex or whatever it is Texas Stadium is at this point, right? This this game is talent, and it's it's just about talent, all right. And there's going to be a different mentality because you're not going to Jerry's World. There's not this different buildup to it. So what you're looking at is this is a home game against an opponent that, for some reason, the national media currently feels all the need to kiss all the ass. So, here comes comes the papers. Yeah, I I printed out some box scores and I did some averages. And uh, and I decided I would drop the Georgia game. Might as well. First game of the year. uh, Yeah, they were really good on defense first first half. Couldn't do anything offensively. And then Georgia played second half and blew them out. Still didn't do anything offensively. But I'm going to stick with that whole, man, the first game of the season has just been weird this year. Right. So I just pulled Auburn, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. That's a, that's so, a fair. So these are the games, all right? And the first thing I did was I, I, I averaged out across the three. So let's be nice. Let's just talk about averages. Sure. So offensively, uh, the Hogs are uh, averaging 257 yards uh, passing and 2.3 touchdowns a game. Okay. Uh, rushing, they're under 100 a game. Right. And they are averaging a third of a touchdown per game rushing. Right, um, and then they turned the ball over uh, a little bit over uh, a little bit more than once again okay. in these three games. On defense, they're giving up two thirty-three through the air and at least a touchdown every game. Right. On the ground, they're giving up almost two hundred yards a game. Right. And they're giving up a touchdown every game. Now, and uh, excuse me, the one one three, the last one I said on offense, they average a little bit more than a turnover a game. Right. And then on defense, in the last three games, <laughs> they have averaged four turnovers on defense. This is not normal, okay? No, it's, it's and, an outlier. <laughs> and here's the fun part. So if you decide to throw Auburn out, because, like, Auburn was a great competitive game, right? It was. But uh, So we'll look at the Ole Miss and the Mississippi State games, because yeah, these the, are the games. Yeah, let's look that, at the wins. Yeah, these are the games that I'm assuming the national pundits have decided must be must be completely representative of what Arkansas is. Not the team that got their doors blown off in the second half against Georgia, right. even though they couldn't move the ball in the first half against Georgia. Right. Not the team that got kind of hosed on a call against Auburn, and I totally get that. But if you take Auburn out, because Auburn had uh, they had a pick and and uh, and a fumble. Wait, no, he threw it. Yeah. No, no. So Auburn only caught the ball up one time that game as well. Right. right. So, so if you figure if three games, if they're averaging – Four turnovers a game, which is and I just nuts. removed I just removed one turnover out because there was one turnover by Auburn. Right. So the two wins. Here's the two games. Mississippi State forked the ball over four times. All right. That was three picks and a fumble. Ole Miss forked the ball over seven times. Right. Six picks and a fumble. All right. So I just the fact that like, of course you're gonna win the damn game when you get the <laughs> ball seven extra times. Well, I mean, you look at and I'll tell you. 
one example of this. Let's just go ahead and go into a recent example for Texas A&M when we played against Tennessee. We, we forced seven turnovers in that game. And, of course, Tennessee fans were at the point later in the you know after the game saying, well, had it not been for the turnovers, we likely would have beat A&M that game. Well, here's the thing. The but better those, team doesn't give up seven turnovers. Yeah, but those, those count. So yeah, just... those, those count, you know. So where we're at at this point, I mean, yeah, it just seems like as long as we're protecting the ball, there's going to be a good chance of us winning the game. That's just plain and simple right there. Yeah, and then, like, if you want to dive deeper into the stats, um, they average under 30 minutes a game. Um, you know, you're looking at, like, 26 minutes a game in time of possession, right. which is huge for us. We loved, you know, we love the other side of that. Yes. Um, and then you look at, like, their average yards per play, and you're talking at, uh, I think they're running at, like, a 4-4 clip, just offensive yards per play. Which is And I don't good. know what ours is. I didn't even research us. I, I'm, I'm not worried about us because I think we're the far superior team from top to bottom, offense, defense, right. including special teams. But, uh, you know, I would assume that our, you know, average per play is probably in the four eight five range, somewhere in there. Yeah. <clears throat> so, look, if we don't cough the ball up six times, cause, and here's the catch, <laughs> Ole Miss, seven turnovers. And that doesn't include the times that they were inside in the red zone and couldn't pull it off. Right. So, you're talking about, those are basically turnovers. They really are. They really are. So, you look at, in fact, I bet you have red zone, red zone offense over here for Ole Miss. Where are we? Red zone scoring chances. Two of five. Right. So, there were three extra. You're basically looking at ten turnovers from Ole Miss. Right. And they still lost by, what, 12 points? Yeah, against, against Ole Miss. And I don't remember what the final score was, but yeah, 30, it was. 33-21 was the final. Right, and it was close up until right at the end. Right. Like, Ole Miss was pretty much in it, and then Arkansas ends up, ends up kind of putting it away. Yeah, Arkansas ended up scoring but, a last – I mean, yeah, basically got themselves one more touchdown with like three minutes to go. Right, yeah, so they kind of put the nail in the coffin. But with three minutes left to go, they had to six. score to put the nail in the coffin right, it was a pick against six. a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a pick six. They had to score. So, basically, you're looking at a pretty much a 14-point swing. So, again, yeah. you're looking at ten turnovers from Ole Miss. And you take the pick six out of the end, because obviously Ole Miss is trying to force the ball. And now all of a sudden it's a five-point game. So Ole Miss was driving to take the lead. Right. In a seven-turnover game. It really ten. That, that, I mean, that's three times that you're in the red zone and don't score at all. I'm not saying didn't score touchdowns. I'm saying didn't score at all. Right. That's that's a 40% clip of the red zone. You ever want to lose a lot of football games, that's score at 40% mm-hmm. inside the red zone. That's the way to do it. So I, I, I keep hearing all this crap about Arkansas, and it's like everybody looks at the scores and are like, oh, man, Sam. You know, it's like they want Sam Pippen to be a great, you know, feel-good story here, and, you know, for whatever reason. And it, it's just – it's aggravating – I mean, you've got even even uh, uh, even Mississippi State was the same way. Like they they couldn't score in the red zone, and I don't think that's because of Arkansas's defense. Is Arkansas's defense bad? No. no. Uh, Are they good? Turnovers. Are they good? Meh. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, I think a lot of it, and you know, we go back to what happened with Ole Miss and what happened uh, in particular with Ole Miss. One of the things that their uh, their fans were saying was. Basically, their quarterback was staring down receivers the whole way, and that just made it so easy to get that ball picked off. So, I mean, it's just really up to, you know, in, at least with the air attack, the question is going to be can Kellen Mond kind of look off receivers, you know, and just not necessarily force a ball into the wrong hole. You know, make sure you're taking advantage of key positions, run the ball when you need to, pass when you need to, and don't put the ball in a position where it's going to get turned over. Right. Yep, and that's pretty much going to be the key to this game. I think just purely from a stat standpoint, there's no doubt in my mind Texas A&M is the far superior team. And certainly not from a talent standpoint, a and is by far and away the superior team. It's all just going to come down to who makes mistakes. If we can force mistakes, we're going to win this game handily. If we give up some mistakes, then it's probably going to be closer than we want it to be. Well, and, and the one thing, so we'll circle back on the on the Georgia game as well, sure. just a little bit. And, you know, that first half was weird. It was 7-5. to five. You know, it was like a, like a American League baseball game pretty right. much. So, Georgia comes out in the third period, scores 22 points, puts 10 more up in the fourth. Right. All right, so part of that kind of has to count. Right. So, you figure, uh, um, so they ended up scoring, winning 37-10. to 10, um, And, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. So they're giving up they're giving up twenty five points a game on defense, right? All right? Um, which kind of when you're looking around, that's not crazy, but still losable. But they, first of all, they gave up fourteen points Mississippi State, which is what we did. But both of theirs were offensive touchdowns, right? Um, 
Ole Miss, it's very clear that quarterback is not very good. Right. Um, any of the quarterbacks he seems to have, they, they don't seem to grasp Lane Kiffin's system, which is why you're seeing all of the interceptions. Right. Um, and you just you had that one fluke game of what they had against Alabama, which they just seemed to have. Yeah, they, man, they just they, they teed it up and they let it fly against Bama. And what's weird is you would think that that would be the kind of game that even in a loss would build confidence in the quarterbacks. And it didn't. But for some reason, it's almost <laughs> given them overconfidence to the point where they're slinging the ball around with not a care in the world. And that is not the best idea in the grand scheme of things. Right. Especially when you're talking about playing against other defenses. So, look, I get it. It's Arkansas. It's a divisional uh, game. It's you know it's, it's a rivalry, to be honest. You're going to go all the way back to Southwest Conference. Um, and I understand the Sam Pittman, uh, and again, I, I've said it, I'll say it again, I'll say it again, I'll say it again. I think Sam Pittman was a good hire. I really do think he's going to get him back. But, man, this ain't the year. And so, it's just, I get, man, we got to at some point figure out that the battered Aggie syndrome crap has got to get thrown in the trash. Because you need to have yeah. the same expectation that those players do. And I'm telling you right now, those players expect to go out and just shove the ball down Arkansas's throat. Right. And if they want to give us 40 minutes possession in a game, man, this game is not going to be close at all. In fact, it's going to be really, really ugly. Right. And as Isaiah Spiller will probably win like SEC Player of the, you know, the Week. And so, right. yeah, so that it, you know, as long as we stay in front of the sticks, which I don't think we're going to have a problem doing, right? I, I, I don't see how this is an issue. And so, well, and I do though. I understand why I understand, mentally it's an right. issue. Well, and, it's, and the thing is, it just goes back to what we've known about this fan base and really kind of everything that was going on before Jimbo Fisher. I mean, and, you know, you talk about all the Kevin Sumlin teams and the fact that these teams just don't always seem to make games out of games that didn't need to be games. And Arkansas was just a key example of that. With really only outside of the games that we played outside of Jerry World, there was only one game that didn't, that wasn't, you know, a barn burner. And that was the fact that we ran away with it at the end in 16. So I understand the frustrations with Arkansas. I know Arkansas fans are just chomping at the bit for this to be the year they finally get over the hump. And Lord knows, for anybody that's been following along on Twitter, that's exactly their thought process right now. But let's face yeah, it. This fans, has got to be the year. Yeah, fans don't play the game. We never have. We never will. This is all about the mentality of the well, players. And I think our guys are in the right mindset. Well, and the, and the mentality of the fans, and I'm telling you right now, because Arkansas fans, what's one of the biggest things? Man, this has got to be the year, right? It, it's every this, year for it, them. Th- but, but this year right. they're this really pounding on it. Because yeah. this has got to be the year, right? Well, that's no less stupid than, man, it's just we're going to lose or it's going to be such a miserable game. Like, it's the same kind of just weird perception and yeah, we have it on a different side of the uh, side of the spectrum. But the problem is, you have this battered Aggie syndrome, then you have mouthy hog fans, and it's all being all of this is being spurned up by national media writers who right. aren't paying attention to Arkansas playing football; they're just paying attention to the scores. Right. And so let's just go ahead and just admit to ourselves what Texas A and M football is versus Arkansas football. We're the better team. Yes. We're better coached. We have better talent. We have better skill players. And we're at home. If you want to give any sort of push uh, or maybe an advantage, their defensive backs may be better than ours. I mean, ours are really young. I would they be surprised were. Did you see that they had one of their guys opt out? One of their senior DBs oh, right, opt yeah. out you know, today. And he had like 17, 20 tackles. It, it, it's, it's 17 solo solo tackles. So all of a sudden you're losing a key player on the back end. Maybe not key, but definitely one you can count on. Right. So all of a sudden, you know, that throws another little monkey wrench into this game. Now, They're going to have somebody inexperienced starting wherever he was starting. Exactly, which is going to be big for our wide receivers to kind of pick at him. Well, now, and especially, and I don't know, I'm, I'm sure you saw it, and if you didn't, here's some news. Sure. Um, uh, you know, press conference, um, Demas got mentioned. He did. Did a really good week in practice. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, we all, all wanted to see him let loose against Florida, right? Of course. But, okay, fine. The dude didn't play football in two years. I get it. Yeah. Jimbo's system is not the easiest, so I, I get it. Um, you know, we would have loved to see him turn loose against Mississippi State for yes. whatever reason he wasn't. But you know, we did see uh, Achain. Yeah. So we saw that it's not like I refuse to play freshman by any means. No. So I think when you have an extra week of practice heading into a game like this, right? What could be really hilarious? And because we always have this when we play Arkansas too, and it doesn't matter if it's a Jerry's World, doesn't matter if it's here, doesn't matter if it's a Fayetteville. We always have that one player that has a game against Arkansas, you know, right, you know, and that person ends up having like a career against Arkansas. Like every time they play Arkansas, they play well. And right now, 
I mean, I guess you could say Kellen is kind of the kind of the guy on the team that has it, but that's mostly because I mean, I guess we're younger. I mean, Kellen has done okay, but I mean, you look at some of the other guys. You know, Christian Kirk always did very well. No, I'm just saying, like on the right. like Josh Reynolds destroyed him. Christian Every Kirk time. always destroyed him. Right. So, um, but you're looking. I'm trying to think, like on the team now. I guess Kellen would kind of really be the only guy who's had success, just because he's played them the most. Because we're young at the skill position. Right. So, I mean, is this the game where we see Demas show up? kind of burst onto the scene, one, make a name for himself, the name that we've all been waiting for him to, you know, to make for himself on the field. Right. And two, end up being that guy that for the next three you know, three years, you know, Arkansas don't want to see suiting up. Well, and see, I think what really kind of plays to that, and I think it's a really funny thing, is I like the idea of Jimbo kind of introducing these skill players as the season goes and keeping them, you know, keeping them going. I get it, you know, early in the season we were all sitting there going, why haven't we seen these guys? And it's clear that maybe they weren't ready for the system. Because we're not in practice. And they weren't in practice. You know, we're, we're no, not we're, in practice. We're, we're not yeah. in practice. That's we, why. We don't know why. But, you know, clearly they're indicating that they have shown things in practice. And, honestly, it would be really cool to see these kids who, let's face it, Arkansas has zero film on. And that's, yeah. it's going to make things really, really interesting. So there's a lot of factors that I don't think that the fan base is really taking into account. That you know, it's. I'm certainly not going to say this game's going to be cake, but I'm going to say that it's not going to be as close as we like. The line. Is. Well, so here's the funny part about the line. The line wins. It's massive. It started at like it was 15. And and Arkansas people have been right betting it down. So it's been 15. It has fallen to 10 and a half, and I don't understand why. I think it's just the national media pumping it up. It's not like Texas A&M has made any crazy announcements as far as we had a players. Does it? In fact. Yeah, uh, and also nice little positive. We had a quiet bye week. We had a very quiet bye week. <laughs> you know, there, there were no people opting out. There were no COVID you, things. You, you can't win a bye week, but you can lose a bye week. Right. So, all right. So uh, safe to say we we quote unquote won the bye week. By we just we didn't lose it. Week. You know, yeah. we didn't lose the bye week by right. anything stupid happened or any kind of crazy injuries. No. So, but going back to Demas, one thing I, I I'd love to see. Yeah. And and I, I he seems just like such the team player, and he's just full buy into the program and, and the school and all of it. Sure. You know, so it's, he's just one of those guys, hey, I'll do whatever you want me to do, coach. Right. I'd love to, to trot him out there and watch Arkansas freak out a little bit and almost use him as a decoy at first. Why not? Because you have – that's just – Freak speed and size. Right. And, and, and jumping ability right. with the size, which right. is frightening. And, <laughs> and you have Texas A&M at this point who, let's face it, we have so many great skill players that, I mean, are healthy. I mean, Spiller's going to be playing. I mean, he had the extra week to heal up. Yeah, that was huge for Spiller. And so that was – Huge for everybody. It was huge for everybody, and it certainly played in well. Anaya Smith is probably going to have himself a good game. Uh, let's just go ahead and look at our wide receivers are probably going to do very well across the board. Well, I think, you, I, I think you look at this game from the perspective of Arkansas, and here's what you have to – and here's what you really have to prepare for. You have to prepare for the bruising running of Isaiah Spiller. Correct. Combined with kind of the flashiness, just like thunder, the old thunder and lightning in the backfield with right. Anias, but also him in space, you know, on the swing passes, you know, out in the flats. And then you combine um, combine that with, you know, you have to deal with Weidermeyer. You know Mon can run, and if Mon has a good day like we've seen him have, you know, Mon can stick it in a tight window so you can't just sit back there and play zone because right. Mon can absolutely throw it into holes in the zone. You got to deal with. I think I already said Weidemeyer, you know, right. who's basically you know, he's an all-conference level kind of kind of tight end, and then you have Chase Lane, who has some real nice flashes against Mississippi State. Right. And uh, and then from there, I mean, you got Preston, who's a who's a possession guy, but you also know that you know Demas is out there, mm-hmm. um, and 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 if and if he if he gets rolled out there, it's it's just one more thing you have to deal with with an offense that. If we want to spread it out and throw it around, we absolutely have the ability to. Sure. But, you know, if we want to line up and just run it down your throat, we have the ability to do that too. So, it, defensively, it, right now, defensively, we're kind of a nightmare. Um, and it just, as long as Kellen can go out there and be around his 60, 64% clip, yeah. you know, and we take care of the ball, if those two things happen, I, I, I don't even have to say we're going to run the ball because I know we are and I know we'll do it successfully. I think what's really going to be a big factor in this is the fact that the goons are doing such a great job. Uh, yeah, the, the offensive line is absolutely on a roll. And yeah. if you can protect, yeah, and we've seen, if you can protect Kellen, he's a great quarterback. Oh, no doubt. Um, you know, you, I mean, the majority of quarterbacks. Uh, Tend to drop accuracy when you're throwing on the run. Let's just go ahead and just use a great example. We've talked about it before, but you look at Johnny Manziel's 2012 season. I mean, yes, he was a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback for a reason. He was a skilled guy. But that offensive line 
could have literally held back the waters yeah, well, yeah, of the yeah. Red Sea if they wanted yeah, to. Would you like two or three <laughs> pros on that on that offensive line? I mean, three, yeah. So it's minimum. you know if, if they can if they can keep the momentum and, and and get better again this game. Yeah. So if they show an improvement again this game, you're I mean, I'm telling you, it's not going to be close. And that opening line will be a lot more accurate than what the current line is shifted right. to. And lines, for those of you who don't understand, like betting lines. They shift based on how the money rolls in. Right. So, you, you know, lines can get pushed up and lines can get pushed down. So, if, right. you know, 14, what was it, 15-point line, you know, if, if if it was an absolute given that, that we were going to go in and win by 40, people would have bet us to cover the spread, and it drives the spread up. Sure. But people betting Arkansas to cover the spread uh, drives the spread down because one thing I'll say for Vegas, they know what they're doing. And, and you look at – it's funny. You look at the spreads and you look how upsets happen. And upsets just don't really occur that much. Right. When you look at, like, as far as not winning and losing, when you look at how Vegas sets betting lines. Right. You know, so Vegas knows what they're – there's a reason that the, the lights haven't been turned on. You know, no. the reason the utility company hasn't had to shut power off to Vegas yet is because they know what they're doing. Right. So, um, so yeah, it, it, you know, the biggest thing is – and, again, you want to see that – that veracity from um, from the defensive front again. Now, obviously, I, I would assume that Arkansas's offensive line is better, just because I don't think you can get any worse than Mississippi State. No, you got to think their offensive line is better, but I still think the important thing with uh, Franks is you know, just you put a little pressure on any quarterback, and that's going to create a lot of issues. Well, and we played Franks when he played for Florida, and, right? Um, and beat him. And and I think and again he likes to run, sure, um, or he is capable of he running. Is Maybe capable. that's a better way to put it. Um, and what do you have like that eighty-yard rush against us on like third and forever? Right, you just um, hate that. When he was in Florida. It, it happens, but I, I just think this game, at the end of the day, are there going to be some games? Are there going to be some plays where we're going to be frustrated because Arkansas is going to do well? Yes, just be prepared for that. It's going to happen. But at the end of the day, as long as we are on top of our game on the turnover game, I think we win by a minimum two scores. See, I, I don't, I don't know that Arkansas is is going to have any success, to be honest. Um, I don't think they will either. I mean, they, I don't, I, you know, the frustrating stuff will be on our end, not because they made things happen. It's maybe because we had a lapse and let things happen. But personally, I, I this comes down to one thing, and the statistics show this. Take care of the ball and you beat Arkansas. Yeah, take care of the ball against anybody and you should – I mean, I won't say you should win, but it'll put you in a better position Yeah, it keeps to you in the game. But against right. Arkansas, as long as you don't give them – I mean, because again, I just I keep going back to this old Miss game, and even the Mississippi State, and I get it that they're the Mississippi's, but still, just take care, you know, take care of the ball. Ole Miss is still in that game late, and they had seven actual turnovers and three failed drives on the red zone. So, so yeah. take care of the ball, take care of your red zone opportunities, and I think this game gets ugly. So bacon and eggs, baby, it's going to be delicious. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really think Anum's going to feast, and a lot of people are going to shut up at the end of this thing. Well, what's here's the thing, though, as, as obnoxious as it is with sports writers, you know, talking about Arkansas, how much better of uh, of a look is it when we go out and handle Arkansas? You talk about Arkansas might be the second, and and there was a thing they were talking about Arkansas might be the second best team in the West. And, a lot, and most of the guys, most of the guys, uh, well, the, the right. question got posed. Most of the guys were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, tap the brakes!" Right. But, but that that conversation or statement was even floated into the ether is fascinating to me. But so there's at least talk. There's a national, you know, there's a national perspective, writers wise, that Arkansas may be the next darling, and which works out even better for us because that means it's going to be that much better. When that we beat that much better when you beat them handily because. Right. Where can you go from that? I mean, you said, well, I guess Arkansas wasn't quite back. Well, but, man, look at Texas A&M, and look, that'll have to be the narrative. Let, let's put it into perspective here. Let's look at how absolutely awful Arkansas was compared to what they are now. Arkansas has gone from absolute bottom-tier SEC West to potentially mid-tier this year. Uh, second, and, second best in the West. Right. Well, I'm Yeah, to, second best in the West. Sure, but I'm saying Arkansas is certainly a mid-tier team. There's no doubt about that right now compared to a lot of teams in the West. Mississippi State and Ole Miss have both kind of proven to me that they're not ready to be there yet. No, yeah, and the Mississippi's have shown that. Um, and again, we we talked about this before the season. We've talked about it, you know, here and there th- throughout the season. It, both of them are having head coaching um, experiments. Right. Um, so the Mississippi's aren't going to be there. Uh, Auburn is kind of still your uh, your question mark, just because, like we said, I mean. You know, do they end up making their own luck? You know, do, do, do things keep going their way? I think LSU 
um, isn't as good as the South Carolina performance we just saw. Right. Uh, I don't think they're maybe as bad as losing Mississippi State. Sure. But I, I would put LSU just above the Mississippis. I really uh, would. Yeah. So I mean, so if you yeah, if you had to rank your SEC West right now. Oh, that's easy for me. It's uh, Bama, us, and then there's a gap. Right. Which the first team out of the gap is I would say probably Auburn. Auburn, then Arkansas, and then there's a gap. And then it's LSU, uh, Ole Miss. I put Mississippi State in the bottom because with an offensive line like that, you just you can't do anything. No. You can't run the ball. <clears throat> you can't throw the ball. And, and and even if they could run the ball effectively, if you can't throw the ball, then you're not going to be able to run the ball effectively because all sure. you do is load the box. So, so I think Mississippi State is easily the worst team in the West this year. Um, which is wild to think, especially coming <clears throat> off of that first week when everybody was like, oh, man, they took down the defending national champs. Yeah, no, everybody jumped on it. But then, you know, we go back to that whole – that first week, you know, that right, first exactly. game. And it's just, it's safe to say that at least early on, this this air raid experiment, at least with the talent that Mississippi State has, is just not working. Tell you what, you're going to run four and five wide and you can't block pass rushers, you're going to be here for a long day. And, you, and you've seen it, you've seen it play out through your season. Yeah, and that's definitely been their problem. And it's going to mm. continue to be a problem for them for the rest of the year. So very well, easily, I mean, yeah, easily the rough bit for them right now. I'll tell you what, one thing I'm really looking forward to, and normally I wouldn't be, but because of kind of how it's shaken out this season, I'm really looking forward to watching the Egg Bowl. Egg Bowl should be intriguing just because of the personalities of the coaches. I think that's going to make things really interesting. I think the game will be close. I think it'll be close to yeah, I think it'll be a, it'll be a game worth watching. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, yeah Al- I mean, Alabama's a class of it, and then right. there's a gap, and then there's us, and then there's a gap. So right. it's... You know, it's, it's like the ACC is basically Clemson, right. and then there's the Grand Canyon, and then it doesn't really matter after that. There was one thing I really did want to touch on, though, because um, you got to think with this current setup <clears throat> and the way the year is going on, you know, we only played 10 games. Uh, bowl qualifications out of the SEC, I mean, you know, they're already talking about projections early on, and a lot of people are putting us like Citrus Bowl right now is, I think, what I was seeing. I saw Citrus and I saw Orange. Right. I think one week I saw Cotton as well. And I can see that. Yeah. Um I, mean, I don't honestly. Yeah. After this Saturday, I'll have a lot better feel for where I think we're going to end up. Sure, um, I, I agree. I, I would love to see Georgia drop a game somewhere. So I mean, because um, I put us Orange Bowl probably. Yeah, and that'd um, be cool. Well, because then you have Georgia going to uh, going to Atlanta. Alabama handles them, and then you know as long as we can, as long as we went out. You know, you hate to you know, this early season talk about it. But as long as you can win right. out. Because uh, you you got to win out first. Like Georgia losing a game doesn't matter if you don't win out. Right. Exactly. But you know if, if you can take care of your business. Right. And catch a break because that's kind of what we need. Right. Um. You know you look around. Uh, so I think Ohio State's going to end up there. Yeah. Let's let's <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. You can just keep talking about that. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna pull up the top ten right now. Yeah. I think Ohio State uh, is going to be there, barring some sort of weird fluke. But again, I didn't think Penn State was going to lose to Indiana. So sure. You know the Big Ten is just now starting their season. All that kind of weird stuff. Yeah. Let's just go with uh, AP. Let's just AP top twenty-five because that's the best we got right now. So you got Clemson, number one, and I'd say pretty safe. To say Clemson's one, Bama's two. That's I don't care right. what poll it should right. be. That's what it should be, and that's what it is, and that's pretty safe at this point. Um, then you have Ohio State, who is number three, and you know just came off their first win, big deal. Um, Notre Dame at four, and yeah. we, we all believe at this point Notre Dame is overranked, but yeah, but but you know at some point they're going to end up having to play. Clemson. Yeah, they, so they play Clemson a week from Saturday. Right. So um, that's a big one. They still got BC, and for some reason Notre Dame, BC is like BC to Notre Dame. A lot of times is like Syracuse to Clemson. It's weird. They're going to end up winning, but something weird is going to happen. But you got to remember, since they're playing the ACC, Notre Dame still has to play UNC. Right. So you got that game, and <clears throat> so, then so we're going to find out about Notre Dame. We will find out about <clears throat> Notre Dame. In if, two if they weeks. <clears throat> look, if they run the schedule and beat Clemson, absolutely. Yeah. But if they lose to Clemson. Uh, and then run the table. You still, unfortunately, kind of have to look at them. I'm not sure how the ACC breaks down, um, whether coastal and Atlantic or whatever. But yeah, I didn't see. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I just don't care. Exactly. <laughs> so you have yeah, you have Georgia at number five, um, and they just fell out of the top ten because Ohio State jumped both of them after their win. Right, and and we were talking about Georgia. Georgia, we need basically we need somebody to knock Georgia off. But but even if they don't, if Bama does it convincingly, I, I you know. I, as long as we can take care of business, we're both one loss. We I didn't play think, each other. I think it'd be interesting if, like, you know, Florida loses a game, another one, but then beats Georgia, right? And so you have the East two, will be a mess. But the East will be a mess. But you have a team that's still going to make you still have to make the SEC championship game. Yeah, but they won't have any shot at the playoffs. They won't. Like, have they any will sh- already have been eliminated. Yeah, right. at that point they'll already be eliminated. 
So um, you're looking at Oklahoma State at number six, and honestly, they lost the game. I mean, they beat beat Iowa State in what might be the preview for the the Big Twelve title game. That, which is wild to say. That game was kind of goofy. Um, it and was. of course, they didn't cover. It was three and a half. They won by three. Jerks. Right. But um, <laughs> but, uh, but watching that game, I and again, I don't watch a ton of Big Twelve football. I, I try and watch the highlights, but. Right. You know, watching the highlights of the of game doesn't give you a feel for the game. Um, but, yeah, you feel like those are the two teams, but you also feel like Oklahoma still has something to say about it because you still got Bedlam. Right, and, and Oklahoma, let's face it, when it comes to Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, something weird's going to happen. Well, and, and Iowa State is – Iowa State's look, Brock Purdy's always has been good. And, you know, I was thinking about this, though. You know what's funny, and I certainly don't – I don't want it to happen, although it would be perfect for the Big 12 – this is the kind of game that Tom Herman accidentally wins. I think that's the funny part. I was literally just thinking about that. I think Texas, despite their issues in the locker room and despite issues that I'm hearing about, I think if they could pull off that game and just kind of ruin the Big 12, yeah. it's Not it's Oklahoma real. State specifically because Gundy's kind of got Herman's no. number, but it's just, I mean, every year it's it's the game that we're like, oh, are you kidding me now? We're going to have to listen to this kind of stuff. Sure. But it would be so fitting for – not only Herman to kind of bolster his case for not getting canned, right? But to all but knock out the Big Twelve out of playoff contention, right? Because you can't lose to Texas. No, like, you, you just can't, you can't do lose that, to Texas man. and make the playoff this year. You just can't do it. I mean, Oklahoma's already out at this point. You know, Texas is effectively out. And the the, thi- and the two teams you saw play Iowa State and, and Oklahoma State. Well, that was Iowa State's second loss or first loss. Yeah, that's their second loss. So, so Iowa State's out of it. So. So even if it, if it ends up being those two teams, Iowa State can come back and win the Big 12 championship and knock the conference out. Right. You look at the rest of the Big 12, just, just since we're on the subject here, uh, your top two teams in the Big 12 right now are, well, technically Kansas State's ranked ahead right now, despite the fact they have a loss because they play more conference games. Right. Well, and I don't think Kansas State is anything to worry about if you were another Big 12 team. No. Uh, so if there's any way they end up in the Big 12 championship. No, but you got Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and they're you know, 4-1, 4-0. I mean, the only undefeated team at this point is Oklahoma State. Then you have a bunch of teams with two losses. You have Iowa State, Oklahoma, and Texas, and West Virginia all have two losses. Baylor's just sitting at one and two now. Uh, Texas, they're all, yeah, all, right. Basically, they're all done. They're all done. Every single one of them is done. Really, it's, it's Oklahoma State or bust for the Big 12 as far as the playoffs are concerned. And, and, and that's assuming one. Well, and the only problem is... And they if, have to be undefeated. Even if Kansas State ran the table... They got a loss. They have the loss, and it was to Arkansas State. It was a bad, 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 so bad loss. you can't lose that game and make the playoff. You just can't. Yes, it's Oklahoma. So, for the Big 12, it's Oklahoma State or bust. Right. And, and I just I don't see Oklahoma State getting through the season unscathed. I don't think so either. Um, like we said, you know, they still got bad which is always the big one. And then uh, this weekend, man, I, I don't know what. It, it, but, but at the same time, I also thought Oklahoma State would beat Iowa State by a lot more. I thought they would beat them pretty handily, and they didn't. Yeah. So then you're like, all right, well, so, we're, I don't know, dude, it's, 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 let me, it's, not a, it's not a crazy season because uh, necessarily, you know, it's 2020, but the season is, like, it's kind of the same craziness we see every year. Right. Um, if, you, if you're able to step back and kind of look at it through a different lens. But – Oklahoma State, they don't look like a powerhouse enough to where they can even get through it. If you no, and I just don't think they would. I think they're still going to drop a game, probably to a team that is quote unquote established. So the so the Big Twelve right. misses out, so you don't have to worry about them. So now you have the Big Ten, the ACC, the SEC. All three have a spot at this point. Right. All three. Well, all three absolutely have a spot. So here's here's the interesting. So here's kind of the next several teams that are all Wait, well, right barring there. Something crazy. Yeah, happens. yeah, barring yeah. something crazy happening. You know, and Notre Dame probably loses a game, and they're probably out. So here's the next several teams that are just kind of like sitting on the outside hoping to get in that make things a little bit more interesting. Past Oklahoma State, you have Cincinnati, who's undefeated. And I understand Cincinnati's an AAC. You can say what you want about them. But they are undefeated, and the rest of their slate's not looking terrible. You know, you have Memphis at home, which they're a seven-point favorite to. That could be an interesting game. Memphis is good. Memphis is the kind of program and the kind of team that can jump up and bite anybody. Right. And then after that, you – yeah, host uh, Houston. Well, the thing always cracks me about Memphis. I feel right. like they have a sign in their locker room. It's not play like a champion today. It's first guy to 60 wins. Right. Like that's yeah. how Memphis plays football. It's true. Uh, then they, they host Houston. Uh, then they're at uh, – Then well, shoot, they host like three games in a row. They host Memphis, Houston, and East Carolina before they go on the road to UCF. And UCF has looked subpar. They're 3-2. and two. 
Well, they're, they're another team that can jump up and bite you. And I sure. think the Memphis and UCF are probably the last two chances for Cincinnati to, to end up tanking. I'd say be safe to say I think Cincinnati just – I don't see a lot of issues left on the rest of their schedule. So I just think that going forward, that might be an interesting little wrinkle. Yeah, you know, if ever there were a year, you know, when you have just kind of everybody's got smaller schedules, um, that, that a group of five can maybe make it. But uh, again, I mean, they they still have to get past UCF and they still have to get past Memphis. So, and the thing with Cincinnati is they lose either of those games, right? And they drop like a rock. Exactly, and that's unfortunately the trouble of you being one of those teams. Group of five, yeah. a loss is just it's it's it's, it's a killer. murder. Yeah. It, it ruins it. It's over. You're done. So, I mean, kind of looking at the rest of our – and, you know, outside of that, then you got Texas A&M, which, you know, at this point for us, the best we can do for ourselves is win out. And I'm not saying that we're going to. It, I, it always goes back to you have to take care of business first, right? right you gotta, you, you have, have to. you got to take care of business. So, you know, first things first. But if we can. If we can, there's an outside th- shot. There, There's a path. Right. Is the Pac-12 even playing football? They haven't started yet. Did they start? They haven't started. Did they yet. say they're they're going to play? Yeah, they're going to play. They they're they're just doing a seven game season. I don't think the Pac-12 gets a slot. No, I I don't think they deserve a slot. Yeah, I don't think. I, yeah, honestly, that, they, that's they don't fair. deserve a slot. You know, now you got Wisconsin. Not, not that there's right. any teams out there that in no. the Pac-12 that were going to be world beaters. At, what I mean, Oregon? Oregon and maybe USC. You know, it's like that's just the way it is. But you look at um, you know just for an example, um, you know with some of the new teams getting thrown back in the mix now. Two other teams I really wanted to talk about, Wisconsin and BYU. So Wisconsin, obviously, I don't think they were on the table. They're still ranked really high, but they're going to end up losing to Ohio State or somebody like that, so they're out. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, if you're not Ohio State, you're, you're going to have a loss. About the only other wrinkle I can throw in there is probably going to be Wisconsin. Oh, not not Wisconsin, uh, BYU. BYU. And here's a problem. like, And I get that BYU is where they're at, but sure. you know, what conference are they in? Wow. Yeah. What what conference indeed? <laughs> yeah. So it, you're always going to have a hard time coming from that slate. Sure. Or coming from that spot. Yeah. You know, they're six and zero. Sure. But you they're, they're six and zero, and I'll I'll run you down who they played: Navy, Troy, La Tech, UTSA, which was a close game, by the way. Yeah, it shouldn't have been. Cougar High, Texas State. So they're ranked like eleventh. And they have played the Little Sisters of the Poor, the Academy of the Dumb, Deaf, and Blind. Right. And, and it's and, and, and almost lost to UTSA. The, the rest of their schedule. They have one. They have one ranked game. Maybe two. Well, they have maybe two games that San Diego State ranked or not. Yeah. You know, it's it decent game. football. Boise State is ranked, and they're ranked twenty fifth, so and they're just in. So that's their one ranked game. And regardless of their of their uh, of their record BYU's going to have a hard time making a case right. even if they run the table and that's the trouble this year is like unfortunately that's just the story of the playoff right now in the four game in the four team or four team format if you want to make the playoff you got to play against competition you should try to conference you should try to conference. but but I understand why BYU does it and that's fine but that also means BYU has to understand why things happen even when they do right. really well. And, I mean, and that just is another argument why BYU should seriously consider the likes of the Big 12 or the Pac-12 in order to, like, get that going for them. you you, you got to put a brand next to it, even if it's not a great brand. It's better than no brand. It's better than no brand. And I understand independence. I understand all that stuff. But you just you got to find a way to, to make it happen because it's detrimental to your football, which is always your cash cow. Sure. So at this point, I mean, there's just so much we can say one way or the other on all these teams. I just think the I, important thing for Texas A&M, you just got to run the table. I, th- I think you're already down to about six or seven teams that have a shot, and nobody else really does. No, and, and, of, and of those six or seven, Clemson I mean, and Bama are all but locks. Yeah, yeah, you got Clemson. I would say your your teams that have a shot are Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Yeah, excuse me. Clemson, Bama, and Ohio State are basically all but locks. Right. So they don't have a shot. I, I, they're locks. All right. They're not. Right. Good so, so they're locks. So you got Notre Dame. Georgia, Oklahoma State, Georgia will end up with a second loss, though. Probably. Maybe. They, they either, Maybe. No, they either make it to the SEC Championship and lose to Bama again, or Which they lose before getting there. They should. But it's a weird game. There's nothing weird about Alabama playing in the SEC Championship. No, there's not. But And Georgia is it, Georgia doesn't have a quarterback to, to beat Alabama, so you can pay them ten but, times. So you could go, if you want to throw Georgia at I think, I think Georgia's gone. But Oklahoma State, really, Cincinnati, A&M. I think Big 12 is done. I don't think Cincinnati can have, right. will have the resume to do it. Um, but I really think Texas A&M is the last one on the outside looking in. I mean, you could say Wisconsin because, you know, if you can get through – I don't know if Wisconsin plays Ohio State this year, but, 
You know, sure, I'm sure they will eventually. Well, yeah, eventually, but you know, if, if they get a, a, a second shot uh, at them, they're or, not know. playing them in the regular season, so it's going to be a case of them. Um, it's going to be a championship game if they make it. Now they still have Michigan in the way on the way. Yeah, they got Indiana. And they got Indiana, and they have and Minnesota, it's, and it's important to keep in mind. I know they're not going to, but we have to keep Michigan in mind because they're going to be sitting as well. I yeah, mean, yeah. Well, yeah. Pretty, pretty much anybody in the Big Ten. I know. Oh, we say Ohio State's a lock, but if you know, if Michigan also I mean, I, runs the table, I hope they're not. Well, I hope they're I not. Mean, I don't but, like Ohio State. But but, but uh, Michigan could potentially run the table, and if they do, be undefeated out of the Big Ten, then yes, they're going to get the playoff. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously still. Because you have the Big Ten who literally is one game in their season, so there's no way to be able to project the Big Ten right now. No. Uh, but as far as Wisconsin's concerned, they still have the game against Minnesota, and even though Minnesota's not ranked, that's the what the it's little round jug game. or whatever. Well, that was no, last week. Was that Paul Bunyan's axe? I think it's, I think it's yeah, Paul Bunyan's axe. Yeah, Paul Bunyan's axe. So, and, and that game is always good, and that's one of those rivalry games where it doesn't matter, ranked, unranked, doesn't matter. So It's going to be wonky. But no, none of this conversation matters if we don't take care of business. And that's the important so, part. So, hey, guys, I will say bacon – all day. I'll eat. I'll, I'll take the original spread at fifteen. I like it. And we cover. And you know what? I'm a, you know I'm not sure if you have any Arkansas tradition. I have one. I get a bacon cheeseburger from from the chicken at uh, some point, and that has worked wonders. Uh, we always do like a pork special at the restaurant because that's like, how easy it can be. I mean, how easy, right? So hey, home it's game. A lot easier when you're playing Alabama. Like I don't, sure. I don't know how to serve elephant. So yeah, exactly. Plus you're gonna get in a lot of trouble if you did. Yeah, yeah so. also. <laughs> so yeah, no, I think um, I think that's pretty much covers what we got. Uh, hey guys, it's Halloween. Yeah. Right, have some fun. Yeah, have some fun. Be safe. Don't go out to the bars with eight thousand people and be idiots. But find a way to have some fun this year. It's like everything else everybody's done this year. You. Why, why find, are you talking about me like that? Find, find, <laughs> find a way to do things a little bit differently and still have a good time. So. Sure. And, you know, like I said, be, be careful and you know what? Have fun, be safe, go to Midnight Yell. You're right. And, of course, I mean, are they doing Midnight Yell? Have they confirmed that? Uh, I think they are. Okay, because they already, they already said no tailgating. Well, no tailgating. That Tailgating isn't going to happen. Well, I mean, all, it's going to happen. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it'll happen this year, honestly. Right. Tailgating, but no, right. I, I can see uh, I mean, not yell um, right. happening. So, so I think, um, yeah, have fun at the game if you go. Yeah, um, wear a costume. Wear a costume. <laughs> I mean, uh, do, uh, so one one final thought as we move on. So, Halloween costume? Do you have one? Uh, the last couple of years, or really the last few years, I kind of stick with the same theme. It's always a little different, the same theme. I'm basically some sort of axe murderer. Okay. Um, because I, I'm the one that hands out candy, so I like to scare the snot out of kids. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, I put like a sheet up by the front door and got blood dripping down it. And I always, you know, nice. all the strobe lights got a smoke machine. Um, all of the, I've got like the CDs with the creepy sounds on them. Yeah. And then I, and then like in the house, I'll play something like death metal, you know, to go with the strobe lights. So, <laughs> right. Um, and then I have a myriad of mask combinations that uh, I, I got to be honest, if I was a kid, would probably scare the bejesus out of me too. Well, that's the important thing. Yeah. So, but uh, they still get their candy. Yeah, so. they still get their candy. Uh, so I, I'm going more of a funny route this year. Um, so picture, if you will, red Santa suit with just shorts on and the, and the coat, white t-shirt, uh, sunglasses, beard, glasses, all that, box of white claws. I'm going to be uh, Santa right. White Claus, baby. That's right. You told me about that. <laughs> that works. It's gonna be a funny one. No. I say I never got like I, I never got into being creative with my Halloween costumes. I don't know why, I just, which is weird because I like to consider myself a pretty creative guy. Right, so I mean, I, I've had some fun ones, you know. I think uh, you said Santa. My daughter went as she has an inflatable Santa costume. She went as Santa one year. There you go. And she like. Every ten feet, kids stopped her. Like little little kids, right? Stopped and wanted to talk to Santa. That's funny. I'll say for me. Um, so, l- let me ask you this: What was probably your favorite Halloween costume you ever wore? Oh, uh, so I was a bartender uh, in D.C. for a while, okay. and um, I bought like one of those bodysuit like outfits. Sure. And it was basically like this big, uh, like a massive rack, like in a nighty kind of thing, like this <laughs> kind of big lady kind of thing. Sure. And, uh, and I got like fishnet, like stockings. Oh, and I had like this D Snyder wig and I got like these press on like ridiculous eyelashes <laughs> and, uh, and went, and went bartending cause I had to bartend Halloween night. Right. And it, I, dude, I was, uh, I was frightening. I was a very large frightening woman. Sure. But, uh, I was a hit with the, with the staff, with the customers. I won, um, 
I won the costume contest. All the customers wanted to come to my part of the bar. Right. And I'm that night I walked with I want to say like eleven hundred, twelve hundred bucks Hell just yeah. from bartending. Nice. Bartending and winning the costume contest. And uh it, that that was my favorite ever. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it was ridiculous, and I'm glad that it happened before everybody had cell phones. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> say, I'll, I'll say for me, probably, probably my favorite one uh, recently. Uh, I've done some good ones. I was I was um, a couple years ago. I went as Ricky Vaughn, uh, nice. and and then uh, last year I did. Um, oh shoot, what's his face? I was um, Ham Porter from Sandlot. And then a couple of years before that, I was Billy Bob, Billy Bob from uh, Varsity Blues. So I had like a like a sport movie phase there for a little bit. But yeah, but, it sure sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, but, but before that, my favorite one I was I went as Robert McGregor, the first Aggie Scotsman. I had my maroon kilt oh. and shirt, and had the hair and the face paint. I mean, I went all in. I had my claymore with me. It was fantastic. That's funny. To the point, I went out to the bars, and um, let's just say there was a, a very nice uh, South Carolina lady. Because uh, we had just played South Carolina that day, that was fifteen, mm-hmm. and uh, she was very, very kind and decided she wanted to look up the kilt. And of course, I turned around and yelled at her and said, "Last, you better buy me dinner first. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Ah, oh, you're so funny!" And things kind of went from there. Oh, that's a story for another podcast. But <laughs> anyway, so yeah, guys, that was a ton of fun. And of course, hey, you guys, once again, be safe. Go out there, enjoy yourselves, kick some ass, follow us on social media. P- please share this, push it out to your friends and family. Uh, and of course, continue to be safe. That's all we ask. Yeah, and if you need me on Sunday, don't. I'll be on a boat. You'll be floating. Yeah, I'm taking the boat on Sunday first time. So. There you go. That's pretty exciting. Right. So, hey, you guys take care. Have Beat the hell out of Arkansas. Yeah, take a week. Gig. Gig.